Hey, and welcome to... Wow, that was lackluster. (laughs) I didn't even finish it. Well, it started lackluster. You're going to need more energy than that. That was was unacceptable. That was below Let's hold him down and kick him in the nuts a few times and see if that helps. This is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. I am Robin O, and today I am joined by Steve Barkley. Hello. I am joined by Ryan Flurry. Howdy. And I am also joined by Rick Chant sitting in. Good morning. Uh, and uh, we're <clears throat> here for, what are we here for, Ryan? Our monthly news show. That's right. Bum, it's a moment everybody has been waiting for. That show where we couldn't get a guest, so... <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of guests. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just, just sticking the knife into Ryan's back. <laughs> There's lots but of you know are not. You know what they say, no news is good news, so here we are with <laughs> no news. news. No news. Did you, guys, did you guys do any Black Friday shopping? Nope. Uh, done, yeah, online. I've got shitloads of stuff that's been coming all week, so yeah, I've almost done my Christmas stuff shopping. So what what I thought was really interesting was uh, was Google the Google Home mm-hmm. and the Google Home Mini dropping drastically in price over Black Friday. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much to, almost a half. Yeah, the well, Google, Google yeah. Home Mini is, was like 40, forty bucks. Forty bucks. Is that right? Yep. And Go- the regular Google Home was like ninety, I think. Eighty. Eighty. Yeah, it was it was eighty dollars. Amazon Echo is now available in Canada. On the Amazon Canada store, Woo-hoo. for forty bucks. Are, are we going to get somebody in to talk about the Amazon Echo? Or are we going to? Do we know anybody who's got one? I've got one upstairs. What? Mm-hmm. When did yeah, you get yeah. one of those? Mm, a year ago. Oh. Yep. Ordered it from the U.S. when it wasn't available in yeah. Canada. I got it oh, from that's eBay. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> so why haven't we done a show on the Amazon Echo? <laughs> well, we could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we could. We could. I, I I thought this is interesting, and it kind of ties into a few of the stories that we're gonna we're gonna talk about first. But I thought. It was a real strategy on Google's part to to implement that price that price drop. I mean, I was I was tempted, very tempted to pick up a, a Google Home Mini. Yeah, I was going to call you and see if you did. You know, the only reason that I didn't was, you know, I would like to use it when I when I do get it as a wireless speaker, <coughs> and the Mini isn't really it really isn't for that. It's not a very good. You don't get really great sound out of it, so I'd rather get the the regular flavor like the, the google home mm-hmm. and it just you know the google google home the google google i hate saying the word google incidentally <laughs> the g home which is no because that's going to morph into <laughs> something right. else into taint. i believe that's pronounced foam, foam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's swedish the g is silent I am on the email notification list for when the Google Max gets released, which is due in de- December here. Now, tell, talk to me about that. What is that? Well, that is their competitor to uh, Apple's HomePod. That's so what that's I thought. the one where you can put it in any corner of your room and it has speaker array and, and AI built in. So it'll adjust the quality of the sound based on where the speaker is placed. It can be placed horizontally or vertically. Uh, I forget they said how tall it is, but you know the downside to it is it's three ninety nine US. So we're going to be looking at like four hundred and sixty bucks Canadian wow. for a speaker. It's one speaker. It's well, a lot of money. Well, and that's an interesting segue into our first news story, which is the fact that the HomePod, Apple's HomePod, um, was announced last week that it was going to be delayed. Delayed. Until early 2018. <laughs> no, don't laugh. You. Well, I have to laugh because we did a story, I think, last week. I'm sure we did a story or I saw a tweet and I was going to send you the link. And I don't know if I did or not. 
but how this Apple is all had, getting very vague. Apple yeah. had Apple had spent two years working on the HomePod and had never released it, never released it, never released it. They kept just re reinventing it, and now here it is delayed again. So That's, they've missed the boat. Well, no, they haven't missed the boat. They're making it even more awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you say that dismissively, but I mean that it poses an interesting question. You know, in a way, I think if it was anybody other than Apple, they would be slightly panicked because I feel like Google, you know, had a definite strategy over Black Friday, which was to get the Google Home into as many households as they can. And they dropped that price so that it so made they it would do almost that. like a no brainer, like 40 mm -hmm. bucks for a, for a voice assistant. Well, you and buy four of them, put them in every room of your house. Yeah, it's a, it was a no brainer. Yeah. I, yeah, it was a grab for market share. Sure. And... Not only did Apple miss that boat, but they're also missing the holiday season. Yep. They're also missing Christmas. Yeah, I, I think yep. that's going to hurt them ultimately. But I've never met anybody who has owned an Apple product that wasn't fairly close to thrilled with it. So if they're release, if they're not releasing it because of updates or upgrades or whatever you want to call it, when it does come out, it's going to be... It's going to be a, a force. Well, and I think that's the only thing they have going for them. You know, the Amazon ecosystem has been around two, three, four years now, and they support everybody under the sun for, you know, environmental controls and home automation. Google's slow, quickly catching up. If Apple doesn't come out and support a lot of this stuff at launch, I don't, I don't, I don't see it working. Well, if, if I was in their shoes right now, and I'm looking at Amazon and Google rapidly overtaking Amazon, at least that's my impression, um, I would be taking that product back to the drawing board and saying, hey, we can't be another also ran. Mm -hmm. We have to have something that is so compelling about this product. That people will flock to it. That people will flock to it over these two entrenched yep. competitors. And I, I, I really, you know, I believe that's probably what Apple is doing right now. I don't think this is a production delay. I think they probably could release a product right now if they wanted to. I think they don't want to because they want something that is going to... Blow your socks off. Yeah, is, <laughs> is going to be better than what's on the market. Yeah. So it's we'll see tough. when it yeah. when it launches. We'll see what they what they have. If they haven't done that, I I don't see them having a whole lot of success other than with the entrenched Apple crowd and and maybe interconnectivity between other Apple products. Well, and I think that's just it. You know, at launch they were going to support only Apple Music. Well, what good is that? You know, how many of us have Spotify subscriptions? You know, I don't. I have Apple TVs in the house, but I don't subscribe to Apple Music, nor do I use iCloud. What is the HomePod going to do for me? But I think that you know? that's, that's the unique position Apple is in, is that they know that they have this, this base that is in the Apple ecosystem, and they want to stay in the Apple ecosystem. Sure. So they're going to wait for the HomePod. They're right. not going to run out and, and buy right. the Google Home because... They might, because you can get the Home app on iOS and use your Google Homes right from your phone. Right, you could put out an Apple straw, and and that diehard group would buy it. That's true. Right, depending on what it's capable of, I totally agree. So I don't know. As it, long as it sucks liquid through <laughs> it, I think they'd buy it. How's that? It's the new iStraw. straw. It's, it's dockable. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> <dockable>. <laughs> Plugs into any any uh, plastic top cup. Yeah. Yeah. Charges while you're slurping. <laughs> So it could very well be, I think it's probably, you know. It's also $3,000. <laughs> <laughs> I want it. Well, that's the other thing, too, is, you know, when people saw the announcement of the HomePod, I think it was going to retail at $299 US. <clears throat> so if it's not being released this year, what's that going to do for the price if they're coming out with a new product? Well, I don't think that that they'll necessarily come up with it. I mean, who knows? I mean, we we really know nothing about the mm -hmm. about the delay. Um, we it could be a production delay. Who knows? I mean, I I doubt it. I'm kind of with Steve on this. I think that they kind of went well. You know what? We could pack this feature and this feature in if we had a little bit more time. And they looked at it and went, you know what? Screw it. We'll delay it. You know what? We can we can afford to delay it. We don't. I think need you're to, exactly right. We don't need to rush this thing out to to compete with. Uh, yeah, we might lose a little bit of the market share, but you know what? In the end, 
we'll we'll make up for the for the mileage we've lost because we've got such a superb product. Well, I'll see if I can find that news article and maybe we can put it in the show notes. But like I said, they've been working on this for over two years already. But that could, and there's and, still no product. And I mean, we've all, we've complained that for a long time that Apple has kind of sort of fallen off the being at the head of innovation bandwagon. Yeah, look at all their Macs and so, iPads. And so if they're delaying this because they're, you know, packing this with something that's going to really innovate, uh, a power to them. I mean, I think we'll that's see. great. Yeah, we'll see. You know, if it does something that my Echoes and my Google Home can't do and it's something I have to have, great, I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon. Like I said, I've got Apple TVs throughout the house. But if all it is is an AirPlay-enabled speaker, no thank you. Yep. Yeah. Well, time will tell. I, it'll be so much more than that. I hope so. We shall see. Time will tell. Are they going to? We will revisit this upon launch. Are they going to include Chromecast? Yeah. They'd be silly not to. But Apple doesn't like to, you know, get in bed with people. We're well, back to <laughs> L.A. again, <laughs> aren't we? Right. Unlike producers. Right. <laughs> Moving I'm, on. There's I'm, a theme to this new show. That's right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Who's in bed with who? Ryan, you're fired. Apple right. is not in bed with anybody else. <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, let's. You want to talk about some more Apple stuff? Oh, sure. What else are you got? Moving on. Uh, well, we've got this news article that says that the current... Black Friday numbers are out in terms Outrageous. of the iPhone X. Now, wait. Okay. I had this argument with this with with somebody over the weekend about this. Is it the iPhone X or is it the iPhone 10? iPhone 10. 10. Okay. Thank you. I'm right. Suck it. Uh, Until the 11 comes out, then it'll be the X iPhone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of people talking about how, you know, the new version of iOS 11 has really slowed their devices down. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard... Who, who was I talking to just the other day who I said that? I think Albert Well had mentioned that on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, it might have been Albert, yeah. Slow it down. It so seems buggy. What is an iPhone ten worth? Uh, I think it was 1300 Canadian. Right. Yeah. And they sold 6 million of them over Black yeah. Friday. That's nuts. It's absolutely Six insane. 6 million of them. Yeah. At 1300 a piece. So call it a nice round $1,000 a piece. Sure. Six million of them at a thousand dollars a piece <laughs> is six billion dollars. Yeah, well, Apple's not hurting. <laughs> yeah, six, that, I mean, that's the gross domestic product of some small countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a single product. Yeah, crazy. And the the really interesting thing about it, and we talked about this when they announced it, we were like, oh man, nobody's gonna gonna drop that much for a phone. <laughs> but uh-huh. not, not only are they. <laughs> They're going for the more expensive one. Uh, yeah. The 256, the, the yeah. Six, yeah, the 64 gigabyte yeah, sells in, in for, for a penny, in for a pound, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the 64 gig sells for about $1,000 US, and the 256 gigabyte, which is 150 bucks more. 1149 Yeah. For 150 bucks, I would have done the same thing, too. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. It does, sure. I mean, it makes sense. You're getting, what, four times the, the storage for yeah. $150? I mean, you might as well if you're going to spend a grand. It'd be interesting to know what the Google Pixel 2 numbers were over Black Friday, just to do a comparison. Yeah, that would have been interesting. You should have looked it up. I should have. They sold one. <laughs> Not to me. <laughs> I like my Samsung. <laughs> no, Apple, you know, when they release a phone, people flock to that phone. You know, it's, I don't know what it is about it. You know, the designs haven't really changed. They've gotten thinner and... It's that fantastic interface to put music and stuff on it. Hmm. That's what it is. Maybe. What's it called? iTunes. People love iTunes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, people have said you don't necessarily have to use iTunes anymore, so... That's no. true. Moby has got one that's but a I mean, nice interface. But. but, I mean, look at this. I mean, they're they're talking about... <laughs> numbers that they figure for the holiday season and Apple's own earnings say that they expect to sell more than 80 million iPhones over Christmas. That's crazy. 80 million at a thousand dollars a piece. It's only 80 billion dollars. Well, you know, not only did they come up with a new Mac mini. Well, I, like, so Dead I don't. Air. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Why? <laughs> Why? It'd be a great entry point. You know, I've, yeah. I've often thought about buying a Mac for years and years and years just to get to know how it works. I and, want an iPod. And do a comparison. You know, and they haven't released an update, I think, since 2012. 
12 or two. Brand new 32 gig iPod. That's what I want. 32 gig iPod. <laughs> eBay. <laughs> you know, it, it is interesting. It, it all this talk of ecosystems, uh, for, for, at least for me, it's an it's a new concept. Um, and I don't know if if you guys are like this or if your listeners are like this, but the more I think about it and the more I have experience with some of these devices that, that are made by the same manufacturers, the more I'm kind of buying into it. Like I, I, I really the, not the idea of having like a Mac and an iPhone and an Apple TV, like that all worked in a home pod that all mm-hmm. work together is kind of cool. Like, you know, and it, personally, I mean, I would, I would go with the, you know, the Google side cause you know, I'm an, I'm an Android user and, you know, I, so uh, AT Banter is looking for a new host. I know. Look, look, I'm just using it as an example. Like, I, you know, send resumes to atbanterpodcast at gmail dot com. And see, I'm uh, I'm kind of on the I'm kind of on the opposite side. You, know, you can't fire them. We don't own them. That's, oh, right. that's right. Because I have an Amazon Echo and I've got Google Homes, I've got Apple TVs. Jumping, you just can't make up your mind. Well, is no, your problem. jumping into one ecosystem kind of scares me because I don't know what's around the corner. And I don't want to have to reinvest everything. Mm. So I just don't, I just don't, I haven't bought into that idea yet. In I, other words, I you're having to. a problem committing. I am. Your wife yeah. says the same thing. That's right. No, I, I'd like to, but I just, I can't at this point. Not yet. Well, I think that more and more they're designing these products to work together more so than, than ever before. I mean, it is a relatively new concept and over, just over the past few years. Uh, and I don't know, it, it's sexy to me. I'm not going to lie. Well, and I think, you know, like my phone is the central hub to everything. You know, I've got the Amazon <laughs> Echo app that I can, you know, do things with for my Echo. I've got the Google Home app on my phone, which I can do things with the Google Home and add skills and whatever you want to call them. I just, I just can't buy into one system yet because each one of them have, has their advantages. There isn't the golden ticket yet. But I think that, you know, and to put an AT spin on it, I mean, there's a real, there's a real tangible benefit to having, to living within an ecosystem that everything's working together, especially when you, when you factor in like home automation into that, um, you know, you know, having an, an Apple watch that you're using that talks to your, your, uh, you know, your iPhone and you have a Mac that, that syncs with that and all your home automation can be controlled by, by any of your devices. You know, if you're, if you're sort of a, you know, somebody who's visually impaired or your any sort of physical disability, that could, that could really, really benefit you. Well, the nice thing is you have choice now. You know, Apple has their home kit, which is their home automation, you know, back end. And I'm sure their HomePod speaker is going to allow you to use your voice to control lights and thermostats and stuff in your home. You know, the Echoes can do that. The Google Homes can do that. So, you know, the nice thing is we have choice now. Yes, but I mean, I I also feel like it's, it's a little bit of an... It's it's a field, you know, with these voice assistants. I'm talking specifically. It's it's something that's still a little uneven right now. Like you know, mm-hmm. they say, well, you know what, the the Amazon stuff, it's it's a little bit more expandable, so it works a little bit better with with you have more options in terms of home automation, for example, mm-hmm. uh, than you do with say the Google Home. Um, but the Google Home is better in terms of, you know, it's more intuitive. It's, you know, you can, it, 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 it's much better at pulling relevant information than the, the Amazon Echo. So which do you get? It depends on. Well, it depends on what you want to use it for. That's exactly. You know, you can pick your home automation protocol. If, you know, the Google Home doesn't support the one that you want to buy into, then you buy the Echo or you buy the Home Kit. You know, um, you know. Keep in mind the Amazon Echo when you're doing searches is using the Bing search engine. Google is using the power of its own Google search engine, and I'm sure Apple's going to end up using Safari or whatever they they use for search. See, and I think that that's and every single comparison that I've ever read at the end of it, basically that's exactly the place they land. They mm-hmm. they say, you know what? It just depends on what you want out of your voice assistant, whether yep. you go with the, you know, the Google or the Amazon. And I think that that's going to change. I think that eventually it's going to be, which ecosystem do you want to live in? That's what, that's which product you're going to buy. Hey, Rick. Hmm? 
Is that horse dead over there? The one they're flogging? <laughs> I don't know. You and I have been on the outside of this conversation for quite a while, haven't we? Listen, it's just, you guys, you guys haven't bought get into it, it yet. You know, we got to get you guys a Google Home or I an have, Amazon Echo. I have my or... phone. I have that feature on my phone. Why do I care? <laughs> you will. I just, listen, no, there's I really, probably a time. I really don't. Separate yourself from your phone. Okay, wiretap. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see you put your phone down for 10 minutes. <laughs> but you can't do it. I, I, it's an I, I, I can, but I got to be watching TV, <laughs> and then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, who is that actor? IMDb. I, I guarantee you, if we could go back in time and talk to Steve of the past, there was probably a time we were like texting. Who the hell wants would want to text? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Why would you text somebody on your phone? And you know what? When you could it's talk to them. Not that long ago. I know, right? That's the thing you and or or Twitter. What the hell is Twitter? I would never use Twitter. Oh, I was I, I still I, I admit actually when Twitter came out 144 characters. What the hell can you say in 144 <laughs> characters? Why would anybody use this? Mm -hmm. And granted, the only reason I use it is to troll Trump followers. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, I, 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 I honestly still don't see the value of Twitter. I don't careful they'll be after you. Yeah. you you know what i do i just look what's trending and usually that's how i find out who's died usually if you see a name that's <laughs> i'm serious if you see a name trending on twitter yeah you got to click on it because it's probably because that person has just died yeah who was it the other day who got caught up in the the sex scandal thing and somebody somebody posted they said yeah i saw so-and-so was was trending on twitter and i thought oh my god they're not dead are they oh no it's worse <laughs> oh it was angela it was angela lansbury angela lansbury came oh. out and she said uh, the other day that uh um uh part of the problem with all of the sexual harassment was that women were uh, making themselves too sexy <laughs> well look at who's talking <laughs> i mean put a bag over her head and she you know oh god oh, come on now be nice that edit, woman edit, just edit. be nice but she's 80 she's been 80 for like 30 years that's right <laughs> i don't know go back and watch bread or what bread bread uh, and butter bell, bell, no and bed what was that bed bed, bed, bed broken bed. candle bed Bed, bed knobs and broomsticks i don't know bed <laughs> bed posts and broomsticks i don't no, know whatever that back bed knobs and broomsticks yeah. Back to beds, yeah. <laughs> but she's she's, right. she's had the knob on the back of her head replaced several times, right? I don't One know. that she uses to, to cinch up to, her face, to, to pull pull the skin back. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I, I don't know that she has. I don't know. Lots of editing yeah. this week, folks. Anywho, yeah, yeah, loads. I don't envy you the task of editing this thing so that we don't get hate mail. I, you know, maybe maybe we should just leave this one as is. You know? no, <laughs> oh, editing, no editing whatsoever. Oh, we'd be just let's just, let's we'd just need desist letters and just, lawsuits. Let's just clear our audience completely. <laughs> we'll just... All right. The future. The future well, of yeah, computing. I, okay, well, let's, you know, let's, yeah, let's switch gears and talk about this other one. I know it's out of order, but uh, because it, it sort of applies to what we're talking about in this... Uh, but it's a fascinating article uh, from Computer World, um, and it's called Why Virtual Assistants Are the Killer App for Wearables. And I thought it was interesting because it, it's, you know, it's a speculative article that talks about just how the idea of virtual assistants and wearables will eventually sort of be married into one entity. Yeah, one, uh, you know, to, to use the word again, one ecosystem, mobile ecosystem that, you know, will have real huge impact on, on both AT and mainstream technology, uh, which, and I thought that it was, it was really apt. Um, and we've, we're, we're already seeing this. We're already seeing the, you know, in the Google event, they talked about how the, is it the Pixel XL? No, Pixel Two and Pixel Two XL. Right, and how the the more expensive version is going to have the the Bluetooth earpods that have Google Assistant built right into it. Mm. So you're going to be able to be on the go and, and use Google Assistant. So it it talks a lot about that about how all you know people are sort of buying into the idea of voice assistants with you know the Echo and the Home and the HomePod when it's once it's released. Um, but think think about the power of that if it was embedded into a wearable, like a, wait, a set wait, of glasses. Back up, back up. We keep forgetting about Microsoft's smart speaker. 
the oh, Cortana I'm, speaker. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I, I literally, I do, I do forget about that. That's going to be a thing. Wait, there's a Cortana speaker. It is. Yeah, Harman Kardon came out with one Cortana speaker. Wait, it's out. Yeah. I see. I didn't even know yeah, that. I'm pretty sure it's out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Microsoft. Well, that, we that, one, that one's taken the world by storm. Obviously. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I kind of feel bad for them because they're they're actually at they arrived late to the party, but they are actually at the party. But I think still, so. everybody's talking about. Yeah, but they're they're the standing in the corner by the punch bowl, the non <laughs> non alcoholic punch bowl. Nobody's asking. There's everybody, nothing wrong with and everybody that. Everybody else is pissed and on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> and they're standing back, smiling and laughing. So yeah. We should look look into Cortana. Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's AT potential for all of that. Um, you know, even the AR stuff. Like I was thinking about, you know, an app that you could literally, like you could hold the phone up and you could, anything that's in front of you, you could augment and magnify like just, just by a tap or just by tapping the, you know, spot on your touchscreen. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, of AR potential, I think, that... Uh, hasn't even been touched yet yeah. I, I feel like ar is still a little bit behind all this other stuff but um you know you got to think back to um the google glass is is something that is you know still has so much potential for a platform that still you know i think that in two three years i think we're gonna we're gonna see that that whole thing rebooted and it's gonna show up again and it's gonna be amazing yeah yeah i agree i think the the big thing that's holding that back right now is a is a decent screen technology that will really make it pop um you know you there, there's there's a number of different uh, technologies that have have come out but typically they're fairly low resolution you know they're not they're, they're not great to look at um, if they are higher resolution, they're huge. Like, um, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, what's that virtual reality headset? Um, the Oculus. The Oculus, Rift. Oculus. The Oculus Rift. Um, you know, nobody's going to walk around with one of those things on their head. You, you really need that sort of Google Glass idea where it's it's in front of you, discreet. but it's a heads-up display and it's discreet. Um, the best technology I can see or that I've seen that um, has come out on the market is the direct retinal paint technology which is used in in you know fighter jets and and so forth where they're actually painting an image onto your eye um and you know but that you know you, you can't carry a fighter jet around with you so <laughs> although that would be really cool <laughs> um but uh um sooner or later there will be a breakthrough in that heads up display technology and that's going to really change the way that we look at wearables yeah i agree and you know something like glasses are going to be perfect um because you know if you think about it if you're wearing a, a set of glasses with and you've got you know a, basically a hud and you've got the ability to you've got a voice assistant in there you can literally you've got gps built in you you're never going to get lost you're never going to not know where you are you're never going to be um you know you, you'll be able to send texts through just just by dictating them or you know phone people just by saying you know phone this person and, and you know you know what i mean if you have all that built into one device that's a wearable that's going to be incredibly powerful both for the mainstream and at like and, and i think i really do feel like that's where we're going the other thing that needs to be part of that too is all of this self-driving technology that's um, that's out there, because the more that people get distracted, the more that they need something that's going to make them slam their brakes on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't step in front of the bus. Yeah. Well, there's even some cars now that have you know automatic braking, you know, yeah. so they'll detect a vehicle in front of you and they'll yeah. automatically brake. So yeah, so Nike will, Nike will come out with shoes for augmentative reality <laughs> where. You know, if you're about to step out into a hazard, the, the, things the shoes on, won't go. The shoes reverse on you. Yeah. All of a sudden, tracks on the bottom of your feet go take you backwards, <laughs> drop you on your ass. Yeah. Bus goes roaring by. Thanks, Nike. You, you know, just gave them a great idea. Yeah, there you go. Really right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> copyright that. Copyright T that. TM. <laughs> but no, you know, it's it's funny when I think back to even, gosh. You know, say two years ago, when 
we first start started hearing about you know the idea of a voice assistant. It's probably even longer. Like when was Siri? Like Siri? Oh, probably five years. Really? Has Siri been around that long? No, we're keeping probably. we're keeping Ryan up. No, it was early morning. Um, no, it's um. Ask Google how long Siri's been around. Okay, Google. How long has Siri been around? Okay, that's a great gonna, news article. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this out. So, so the response Rob get here was Apple Siri curses out 12 year old. It's a CNET article. <laughs> Apple Siri curses out 12 year old. Someone reportedly tampered with a demo iPhone 4S so that when a 12 year old boy picked it up and asked Siri a question, <laughs> she is not amused or amusing. She tells him to shut the up. <laughs> Siri's got attitude. Siri has an attitude. bad attitude. <laughs> but wait, that was on a what? A four? An Apple four S? Four S? Yeah. So, well, so there you go. Back. That gives you that gives you an idea right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hackability. So, <laughs> no, but but so you know the idea of a virtual assistant has has been around for years, and we were all really slow to sort of being like you know I remember at first being like yeah Siri it's kind of cool but it's kind of a gimmick. I don't know who's going to ever use that, but you know, now we're really, we're, we've hit a groundswell where I can really see the potential for this. I use Google assistant almost probably every day. You know, if there's a song playing on the radio, I can say, okay, G name that tune and it'll name me the name of the song and the artist singing it. You know, who's that actor? It's the weather. Play me a radio station. And, and I think that a lot of people are just like you, Ryan. I, I feel like more and more people are becoming more entrenched in the idea of of a virtual assistant, um, and it's it's really growing. And I, and I think that you know this Black Friday, it just that's just more evidence to that. Well, and you can have one in your kitchen, and you know have it give you a recipe, and you can ask it to go to the next step, and it'll give you the next step. You know, so you know back to AT, you know huge huge ramifications for people if they want to be independent yeah and i mean you, you know i i think that if you are blind or visually impaired i i think that you, i would recommend immediately just go out and buy a google home mini um because i i, I just see it as a an incredibly powerful um device and assistant to your day-to-day -day living would, would you guys agree I would. You know, I can ask it what's on my calendar. I can ask it to set an appointment, set an alarm, set a reminder, call somebody. Yeah. Super handy. Yeah, and I think that more and more, it's it's just, it's it's in getting ingrained in people and they're, and they're beginning to see the potential for this. So, you know, given that, if we start to really become reliant on the idea of a virtual assistant, that's just going to automatically transfer into the idea of wearables. Because wearables is in the same situation, right? I think more and more people are seeing the value in wearable devices as well. Yeah. yeah so it only, it only makes sense. At some point, it's, they're, they're going to marry and result in a, in a new type of product. Okay, let's let's move on and let's talk about. You guys don't want to talk about Hulu. Or you want to talk about Uber first. Uh, Hulu is a pretty big one. Uh, it's about time that somebody filed a class action lawsuit against them. Okay, so let's okay. Let's, so let's quickly talk about that. I'm sure a lot of people in the blindness community are aware of it because it's been everywhere. Right. So anyone who doesn't isn't aware of this, Hulu has been sued for not offering audio service for blind customers. Amazon does on Prime Video. They've got almost 400 titles now. Netflix has it in, on a lot of their titles. So Hulu, get on board. Hulu well, has movies and TV programs. And if I can turn on, you know, my local CTV channel here with the audio description, I should be able to access that same show with audio description on whatever service I'm watching, whether it's Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, whatever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the the issue here is not so much that Hulu is inaccessible. It's that Hulu is being willfully inaccessible. Right. They have been asked by people to become accessible, to make steps towards being accessible, and they've gone, mm, nah. They've just had complete and utter apathy, as best anyone can tell. So, you know, good on these folks for, for holding their feet to the fire and, and forcing them to uh, pay attention. And Hulu, when are you coming to Canada? We yeah. want you. Well, let's sue them. <laughs> <laughs> They're not accessible to us. They're Canadians. Right. So like, You're not accessible to Canadians. I wonder if you could do that. <laughs> That's right. Can we Seven go after Netflix eight. for more content? That's right. 
Um, yeah, no, I would. I think I would agree. Um, I think that you know, out of a lot of lawsuits that that result in the states, uh, <coughs> you know that. And how many people have we had on the show that have said exactly those words? Is that yeah, you know what the way that change happens is you you sue. Yeah. You you make these companies, you know, you you drag them kicking and screaming a lot of times into the you know accessible market. And there's just no excuse well, for is there any, not to offer. Is there any mandate for that kind of a service to have to provide? Uh, Hulu. I don't think so because. Oh, well, I, don't I know. bet what, you there what do you is. Mean, is there a mandate? Well, I mean, has the government laid down rules that a service provider must supply or provide service to a marginalized market? Well, they're being sued under the Americans with Disabilities Act, so presumably there there are there okay. is some sort of. Uh, and I don't know that legislation at all, really. I know it exists, but that's about all I know about it. Um, and I know that a lot of people have used it to force change um, in various companies. Okay, so there's got to be some written alternative access to media or something. Yeah. So that's, you know, and in a way that, you know, you think about that, and that's kind of amazing because, you know, there is all this legislation in, in place, and a lot of people just are like, yeah, you know what, we just ignore, we just ignore that, you know, mm -hmm. until we get sued or whatever. We just, it's just a recommendation at this point guideline so so again you know it's so sometimes you just you have to sue them in order to get their attention and to really bring them bring them into compliance compliance which is i don't know which is surprising to me because i it, whenever any of these companies you know are, are sort of on the record for not being accessible it's just like you guys are dumb like you you're limiting your audience. You are. Yeah. Like, there's this huge demographic. revenue. And, yeah. yeah. You know, just spend the the money and and provide audio description. I mean, it's... Well, if, it's, if they've already got the shows, they should be able to have access to the audio describe track. They're already broadcasting the shows. Right. So, I don't think it would cost them any more to get the descriptive track. Not... You wouldn't think so. No, there's no cost associated no. with that as far as licensing goes. Right. I believe. Yeah. And, you know, and you, you come back around to the idea of closed captioning. Closed captioning has been a standard for years. Yep. There's nothing that doesn't have closed captioning. Um, and and audio description has should have been, you know, the same way for as long. So I think it's a great thing. I, I think sue, sue, sue. Excellent. You American? <laughs> <laughs> We also got an email from one of our listeners, Shan, regarding the, the Uber issue. Yeah. Well, that was a separate issue. Oh, is that a separate one? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that you guys want to talk about that first? Because that, that's just a bit of a side note. But uh, who who is it that sent the email? Well, I don't know. There's a side note. It's a pretty big deal. Um, Uber was hacked. Uh, they uh, it, it was uh, our buddy Shan who... Uh, yeah, Shan, Shan from Saskatchewan, who is we the all know Canucks him. fan in Saskatchewan, mm -hmm. uh, uh, sent over an article that uh, I, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was something like 67 million Uber users' name and co contact details were hacked. And Uber hushed it up for over a year and paid the hackers to, uh, to get the information back. Ooh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. they, they paid a ransom. Uh, to wow. uh, to get the uh, the info back and tried to tried to keep it quiet. Is this is this recent? Is this? It just came out uh, in the last couple of weeks. Oh wow! I did yeah. not hear about that. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised there hasn't been a lot more followed over that. Yeah, it is kind of surprising, and it, it, I think it kind of speaks to the fact that people are getting sort of bored with losing their private information to hackers. It's it's just happening. You know, it's happening to major companies and, yeah. and huge databases, and, um, you know, your your personal information is not safe these days Yahoo, if, if it's online. Equifax, yeah. Uber. Yeah. Well, Uber. yeah, I mean, and I think that that... Governments. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think there's there's a... You're absolutely right. I think that in a lot of ways, our comfort level um, about private information has just steadily decreased over the years just just by, you know, marketing. Mm -hmm. Decreased or deteriorated? Both. Well, I mean, both. I think that, you know, like, like you said, the comfort level is just, it's like putting a, the old, the old adage about putting a frog into, into yeah. a pot 
and slowly turning up the heat. Um, you know, it used to be where just giving a giving somebody your email was, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah. you know, you just wouldn't do it. Um, and now you can't sign up for anything or do anything usually unless you plug in an email. An email. Yeah. I you can't even go to the mall and and shop without someone bugging you about about your email. Yeah. I, I went out clothes shopping the other day and every single store. You know, they want, they want your email. Sure. So they can send you crap. Yeah. Spam. Or they, and, and they, it's even got to the point where I went to American Eagle and they wanted my, um, cell phone number. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I accidentally gave them the right, <laughs> my right, <laughs> like generally, uh, you know, cause I'm, I don't know. I, I hate confrontation. So I don't, I hate saying <laughs> no. So generally I'll, I'll just go, I'll just give them like a dummy, mm. uh, phone number and I accidentally gave them my my <laughs> correct phone number, and literally five seconds after I was out the door, I got a text message from American Eagle Are saying, "Are you that serious? I, I, absolutely! <laughs> like, wow, you opted in. Wow, it's it's insane. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I think that you know data breaches and stuff like that. People are like, well, pff, you know what? You know, I, my all my private information is out there anyways, just from marketers. So and it I, is. I, I keep a separate email address specifically for those situations. I don't look at it. I never visit it. It's a Gmail account that I never go to. Hmm. Um, but uh, but I send any crap like that to to that email address. And uh, if somebody asks me for a cell phone, I, I give them yours, Rob. Okay, well, good, perfect. That explains it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's and I should really start doing that. Uh, that's because that's a great idea, and I just wonder how many other people do that. But uh, but yeah, there's a real there's a real currency to to your private mm -hmm. information that everybody's jump jumping into because that's kind of what the new market that that's what the new marketing. Um, system is i mean it's all about you know getting that email address or getting that that information that can so you can target that person you can you can figure out your your demographics mm -hmm. so you know who to hit and who to market to well not only that but in the background they they've got your email address and they know what you've bought yeah so all of a sudden they're they're target advertising to you you know art supplies are on sale mm-hmm at michael's or at wherever you know so they know your interests as well yeah well and then there's that terrifying um news story that that uh, i read the other day about how people are starting to notice things like well if i have my the facebook app on my phone i'm noticing that i'm starting to get ads about things that i was just like talking to somebody about <laughs> yeah. like i didn't i didn't i didn't write it in a text message i didn't i haven't you know have any sort of it's happening more and more it's happened to linda in the last couple of weeks yeah they're yeah. just like yeah, i had a conversation with somebody about harry's razors uh you know i was just sitting down with them at coffee and all of a sudden now i'm getting harry's razors ads fed mm -hmm. to me on my facebook app why is that um so there's some there's some terrifying implications to that uh yeah well so so that's one part of the uber conversation so let's talk a little bit about uh the other more recent news article, which was the fact that Uber Canada has launched a new policy on how its drivers deal with customers who have service animals, but some disability rights advocates say the exemptions that are built into the rules still could lead to discrimination. And what they're referring to is within those policies, they're saying that if a driver, say, has a letter from a cleric or a doctor saying that, you know, they, they're not allowed to be around animals, then they can still refuse service to somebody with a service animal. See, I'm kind of torn on this. Because so am I. Uber drivers are private contractors. Mm, that's a good point. That's not like taxi drivers working for a company. They're, they're private contractors. So are they bound by the policies and procedures of Uber? I would say yes because they were hired by Uber. So in theory, they're working for Uber. They should follow their best practices. But at the same time, as a private contractor in your own private vehicle, you have the right to say yes or no. Look, if you can't be around uh, a service animal, then you shouldn't be in the service industry. Because yep. that's just 
part and parcel of being in the service industry. You you are going to run across people who have service animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, sorry, hey, you know it, it. That's just the way it is. Be a janitor instead, or be something else. Like yeah. I, I don't know, because at the end of the day, every single person has the right to have access to transportation like this. And for, for blind people, for visually impaired people, or for people with, with any sort of physical it's even limitation. More, it's even more important that they have access to that service. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I, I think that there should just be a zero tolerance on it. Yep, I agree. However, having said that, the flip side of that, when I, when I was ranting about it the other day, my wife said, well, what if the driver's allergic to a dog? Yeah, and I mean that's where they, you know, that's the where the, the doctor's letter comes in. So, yeah, allergies isn't an excuse anymore. You know, we have laws that are governing our land saying that service animals are welcome in any public space at any given time. If you have allergies, I'm sorry, I have a right to be here. My service animal is a certified, and that's, that's yeah. State I'm, I'm hinging it. I'm hinging it on the public. The, uh, sorry, the private vehicle, private contractor thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm allergic to perfume. So does that mean I don't walk into in, into the body shop? Well, that means that you know you probably you know? don't want to get a job in a perfume factory or in a mall. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or in a, or go to church. Right. Like anywhere. Because these little old ladies perfume. really like to swim in their <laughs> you know, perfume before they go out like looking you, good for the minister. Where do you draw the line? Like certified service animals go through rigorous training. Yep. And they are certified. They are not just your run-of-the-mill cocker spaniel that you got from the SPCA or, or the pound that you've trained and thrown a vest on saying service animal. Right. You know, these dogs are more than dogs. And yes, you may have allergies but we have people who have, you know, so many other issues that I don't think you can use the allergies excuse anymore. If you're going to be a public servant or working with the public, especially as a taxi driver or an Uber driver or even a bus driver, then, like you said, you're in the wrong business. Blind people, deaf blind people, more and more people in disability field are coming up with service animals and they are everywhere they're on your buses they're on your trains they're on the planes yep and they are legislated legislatively allowed to be there to, allowed yep. to be there well and i would even add therapy animals are starting really yep. starting to to become a thing as well <laughs> yeah. so yeah i mean and that's just gonna have to be part of that job i mean you you're just you're not going to be able to discriminate anymore and you shouldn't shouldn't be able to discriminate and i exactly. think that those those services are extremely important for for that segment can more imagine, so can you imagine if air canada all of a sudden tomorrow changed their policy to <clears> saying <throat> no service animals allowed on any flights yeah i mean the 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 outcry would be the huge. backlash would be huge and it should be with uber you know and i'm glad people are are showing this yeah and i don't i think the only like you said the only part of this that does muddy the waters a little bit is just the it's the the private contract contract part of, part of it but i mean i think that that's where you just you write into the contract if you want to be an uber driver mm -hmm. dogs and service animals are just going to be part of the equation and if you're not comfortable with that or you you can't well be a part you know of that, there's there's something the owner can do as well when they call for an uber car tell them that they've got a service animal yeah and you know that's what taxis do now like I and know, as like, as somebody who had a guide dog early on you know i think it's part of your responsibility as a dog owner to to bring that fact up you know not necessarily you know a lot of people are going to say well i shouldn't have to i should be able to call a cab get in the cab and go yes but in today's society that isn't always the case we have a friend who used to be a client of the company we previously worked for who just came back from a city in the interior and had, I think he said, five to seven taxis refuse him service because of his guide dog. You know, I think as an owner of a service animal, just come up front when you're making that phone call and saying, look, I have a guide dog. And please send me a driver who's okay with that. Yeah, but you know and what? And then you're not wasting everybody's time. Yeah. You, you could, but I mean, I think that 
You shouldn't and, have and to. And I've heard stories where people have said that. They have said, you know what, yeah, I have a service animal, and they just send whoever. Like yeah. the dispatcher doesn't necessarily right. pass that along. Pass that along, and somebody shows up, and they get refused service anyways. Yeah. And, you know, and then, but then, you know, you're waiting another 20 minutes for another mm-hmm. cab. It depends on what time of night. I mean, yep. it could be yeah. really slow. I mean, that's a huge inconvenience that Absolutely. just should not be there yep. at all. Agreed. Um, and, you know, like I, I've had to ta- take my cat to the vet, say, you know, and, and a lot of times I've had to take a cab. And yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to, you pretty much have to say up front that you have a cat and a carrier mm-hmm. so that, you know, they don't freak out when they show up and they... Yep. Um, and I mean, I, I assume that that's because of, you know, some people are allergic or, or whatever their comfort level isn't, you know, isn't there with, or they have dogs. to clean the car before they turn it back in at the end of the night or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think that that they, they just need to out and out do away with that whole thing where this is an option. Well, they do. And like I said before, this is all legislated. It's in our Canadian laws that your guide dog is allowed in public places and taxi companies need to get on board with that well, legislation. Ultimately, your guide dog is allowed where you're allowed. Yes. And, right. you know, the taxi companies, Ubers, you know, have to take notice, just like the air carriers have, and say, yes, this is acceptable. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, you think of restaurants. It's not like you have to phone ahead to a restaurant and be like, hey, you know what? I want to come to your restaurant to have dinner, but I have a service dog. There are still restaurants that turn people away. Yeah. Well, that's that's got to change, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this is good. I think that uh, they should get some blowback for this because I don't know that there should be a loophole no. in their policies. I because I, I, I definitely see that that will be abused. You know, I, everybody certainly has the right to practice yes. whatever they want in their own home. Like, yes. uh, but once you're in the, uh, the public space, you're governed by the laws of the land. You're, you're not only that, but I, I say you're governed by legislation that mm-hmm. that has this loophole for service animals that's that's there for a reason yep. and you just can't pick and choose um who you're going to service and who you're not who you're going to service because you know especially yep. the real irony of it is is that you know the visually compared uh, impaired community for example um who is you know the most common use mm-hmm. of service dogs uh they rely on this these other um transportation um services so much more than just somebody who's like going back going home with their groceries from safeway and yeah i can't get in right. my car and drive you know i i need to either take a bus take a cab take a train you know and if i had a dog he's gonna be getting me there yeah so it's you know it's more important than ever for you know services like uber or taxis or whatever to have rock solid no exemptions policies for, for for policies and so yep. you know i i i think it's it's a really good thing that uber has is getting a, a bit of uh blowback for this and uh it'll be interesting to see whether or not they close close that loophole uh going forward what there, else we there, got there is one more thing that that we could actually talk about that i thought was interesting that i ran across this morning which was this news story that's talking about a 3d printer making the first wearable battery oh yeah and especially with rick being here i thought you might you might be interested in this rick Uh, So it says, imagine printing off a wristband that charges your smartphone or electric car with cheap supplies from a local hardware store. That's the direction materials research is heading at Brunel University, London, where scientists become the first to simplify and affordably 3D print a flexible, wearable battery. Battery in quote marks. Okay. Uh, The technique opens the way for for novel designs for super efficient wearable power for phones, electric cards, medical implants, pacemakers, and more. The printer squirts stacks of silicon, glue, and gel electrolyte pastes like a layer cake to make what looks like a clear festival wristband. Sandwiched inside is a supercapacitor, which stores energy like a battery, but on its surface and without chemical reactions. Uh, so, yeah, it says researchers in many countries have found new ways to make flexible supercapacitors but their techniques, which include 3D laser selective melting machines, are expensive and use different machines to print different parts. Our technique brings it all together into one process with one, machi- with one machine. So that's kind of the, the crux of it. I don't know, what's, what's your, uh, imp- imp- you're kind of the battery guy. What's your impression of this? 
because this could have like really long-term implications. I mean, this would be this would be pretty amazing if you could, especially with all this this talk of wearable tech and and voice assistant and stuff. If you could, yeah, also I, have... I assume that's what it's trying to address. Um, now, is this power being generated by a photo cell and stored in the supercapacitor? Is it being um, produced by motion? Um, that is causing this capacitor to to charge um you know the there's a whole lot of questions that i would have around ultimately what what this thing is designed to do and what its target market is well it seems to me that what they're trying to do here is give people like a real cheap solution to because i mean their portable batteries are around they're a dime a dozen right now i mean you can go out to london drugs and you can buy uh you know a rechargeable you know battery that you can plug your iphone in and, and be able to charge on yeah. the go right yeah uh so it's not like that's that's the cutting edge technology i think that the big thing here is that is the 3d printable thing like you know you can just make your own battery um yeah with with the right the correct um, parts. parts which according to this are like just you know cheap ass stuff household. at a hardware store yeah I, I, like i say i suppose you're not going to get a super capacity at a hardware a capacitor at a hardware store that's an electronic store but i mean that's splitting hairs um and you know my my question still stands is how is this power being produced to charge this quote battery um you know, is it is it a is it a photo cell? Is it motion? Is it um, biorhythms from your skin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool biofeedback. Yeah. So you know, uh, the production of the power being stored. I, you know, I, I I don't know what it is, so I, it's hard to comment on something you know nothing about. Sure. But it's interesting. It's it. You know, it, yeah, it, it yeah. paints a real interesting picture down the road because, you know, especially with wearable tech and, and voice assistance. And, yeah. And, 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 and now we need something to charge to power all that. Right. So what have, you, what have you got? This bracelet on your wrist that's got some kind of a port in it that you can plug your phone into? Yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly what you're talking about. You know, is that what it is? Or can it charge wirelessly? Oh, who knows? I mean, even better. Great. So now we've got another emitter on your body that's... Uh, <laughs> Something screwing with your getting, electromagnetic yeah. uh, fields. That's mm -hmm. right. Oh, I need something more that can give me testicular cancer. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, no, it's... Uh, My testiculars don't work anymore, so it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> right. Um, no, especially if they could... Could you imagine if, like, biorhythms, if it could... Give, you could charge your battery with well, that's with, where, with motion. And you know what? That's where you want to feed people caffeine all day long, sure. so they don't sleep at night. So you can harness the energy. Well, you I could. think there was on the island. I think there was like a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old girl who developed a flashlight that basically worked off the heat of your hand. Wow! Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah. So as you're holding it, you know the flashlight works because it just gets the the electricity from your. See, look body. at that. You could address the obesity crisis in the states by, by having these these wearable batteries that that you could recharge by yeah. motion and movement. So you'd have to just, go for a just, run around the block in order just to just get them all own. all gooned up on caffeine and and let them loose. But there's not only fat people in the U.S. That's well, that's true. That's true. But uh, no, it, it, it paints an interesting picture for the future. I mean, I think that just wearables and, and being as portable as possible is, is, the new, is the new black. Is the new benchmark, yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. I'm so glad you've gone back to the www.s. <laughs> I, I really missed that last did week you? when you did it. Yeah. Aww. Uh, yeah, they can. They can also email us if they so desire. ATBanterPodcast at gmail.com. Where else can people find us, Ryan? They can find us online on YouTubes, on Twitters, AT underscore banter, or on Facebook, AT banter. All one word. Uh, hey, Steve, where can people find you? 
People can find me at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-T-E-C-H dot com. No. No, it's not. www.canastech dot com. Tell the fine folks where people can find Chaos Technical Services. Chaos Technical Services is on the web at chaostechservices.com. Nope, that's not right. Chaostechnicalservices.com. And uh, you can give me a call anytime, 778-847-6840, Pacific Standard Time, please. Uh, And what the heck do you do over there at Chaos Technical Services for those people who may not know? Um, I provide service for most manufacturers' assistive technology devices. If I can't do it myself in-house, I will arrange for it to be sent out to the manufacturer to be done. All right. Well, if we are all done then... uh, Get the hell out. I've been Robin O. I've been Ryan. And I've been Steve Barkley. And I'm still Rick Chant. And we will see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.